Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Mastermind.fm. Your host today is just me. It's Jean Galea from WP Mayor and WP RSS Aggregator. My co-host James Lodz is sick, unfortunately, so he couldn't make it today. But I also have a guest, Marco Schwartz, and I invited Marco on the show to talk about reinvesting the profits from your business. So I met a lot of WordPress entrepreneurs who are doing well. They're getting the profits, but then what's the next step from there? Do we reinvest it in our same WordPress? business do we buy other wordpress businesses and we've been seeing a lot of mergers and acquisitions in the wordpress space but you could also diversify and go into stock investing property investing or even buy other uh, wordpress or non-wordpress websites to invest that money in so this is what marco specializes in he's got uh, his method which he calls the online empire method which will be defining in this podcast and so that's it let's get into the episode before we start a quick message from our sponsors. Mastermind.fm would like to take a moment to introduce you to Influx WordPress customer support. Helping your users understand and make the most of your product is an around-the-clock job, and even the largest businesses need help with support sometimes. Influx will augment your team and take the stress out of scaling and scheduling 24 hours a day, every day of the year. Pricing is transparent and scalable, so you're sure to find the service that's right for you and yours. So take a look right away at Influx.com to find your specialized WordPress customer support solution. Marco, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks a lot for having me in the show. So we're going to start from um, describing your journey, right? You're going to tell us who you are and where you got to where you are today, basically. Great. Sure. So my name is Marco Schwartz. I'm French. And basically the story about me becoming an entrepreneur started like uh, four years ago while I was still doing my studies. So I, I studied um, electrical engineering at school and... I think compared to some other entrepreneurs I I taught with, I was not coming from a position where I actually hated what I was doing. I loved it, right? So I loved what I was doing during my studies. But it's just that I realized that it would not get me the lifestyle that I wanted. And because of that, I had to think about something else. So I think we'll get more into lifestyle design uh, after, but... Basically, I decided that and realized that being an entrepreneur was the only way for me to actually get to the goals that I wanted. VS the 9 to 5 employment, the traditional way of working. Yes, 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 yes. Especially in academia where I was, right? Mm -hmm. So I was doing PhD studies. Uh And I realized that maybe after 40 years, I could take the place of my boss, right? (laughs) And he was paid less than what I earn now. (laughs) And watching, <laughs> watching much more. So that was not a possibility, that's for sure. So yeah, basically, how I got uh, here today, uh, it's a long story. But I basically read a lot of books and listened to a lot of podcasts while I was still doing my studies. So I can say some, like uh, I was, of course, reading uh, The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. Mm-hmm. I was listening to uh, The Smart Passive Income podcast from Pat Flynn. Uh, also the Lifestyle lifestyle Business Podcast, which I think is now the Tropical MBA Podcast. Wow, I'm, uh, I'm impressed to have the same exact <laughs> the same as that podcast, journey, yeah. I think, <laughs> <laughs> with regards to books and uh, okay. influence. Okay. Yeah, I think many people, right? Yeah. And yeah, basically, when I just finished my, my studies, I decided to, to give it a shot. Um, I had maybe like for one year's, 
of of savings, right? So even if I didn't make any money, I could survive for one year. I decided to do the only thing that I knew at the time is I was doing this small like electronics projects in the home automation space. And I just decided to, to share that online. So mm-hmm. I created a very basic WordPress blog and just started to, to make some pictures and share what I was doing. And at the same time, I decided to, uh, to hit the road, so become like a digital nomad. Mm-hmm. So I traveled to New Zealand, to, to Canada, then going back in Eastern Europe. And I was still you know, doing those uh, projects and putting them on the website. And to be honest, I had, I had no idea if it would work or not. There was no plan, right? It was just about putting this out there. And then it started to, to grow. And I think it's in 2013, yeah, I started to launch my first product, which was a book. I like a 10, you know, the usual $10 ebook, right? Mm-hmm. That people can buy on my site and also on the Amazon Kindle platform. And it just started from, from there, basically. And I started to, to um, sell those books, have more of them on my site and on Amazon. It also allowed me to get noticed by, by several publishers, both in the UK, in France, and therefore I published more books with them. And then I think it was in 2014, end of 2014, that I was finally being able to you know, pay all the bills uh, just by my business. So that's basically how I got there today. And so still today, your main source of income is these um, courses and books. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's still um, most of it, maybe 80% are just from uh, business revenues are still from those uh, boots and now video courses as well. And so you started off with self-publishing and then you got you got publishing houses contacting you. And you were publishing with them, right? Yeah, definitely. Uh, for for just the boots alone, um, I think after one year of putting my first self-published book out there, mm-hmm. like on, on Amazon Kindle and also on my site, uh-huh. I got the first contact from a, from a publisher in the UK. Yeah. Nice. And that was for yeah. to publish a book on Amazon as well? Yes, they, they put it on their site, on Amazon, um, actually in some, in some physical uh, retail shops in the UK. Oh, nice. And that's about uh, home automation as well? It's mainly about home automation, yeah. yeah. Nice. Electronics, home automation, intent of things. And uh, before we move on to something else, then mm-hmm. I noticed that you started from Australia and New Zealand. Most digital yes. nomads usually choose cheap places. <laughs> you went for quite expensive places. That was definitely a mistake <laughs> on the financial side. <laughs> uh, it was amazing. Okay, yeah. It was amazing. I recommend to anybody to visit New Zealand, for example. But yeah, it was very, very tough on the, on the business. Mm-hmm. So I actually only went to the typical digital nomad destination one year later uh-huh. when I, went, I made a tour of uh, Thailand, Vietnam. Mm-hmm. But I started with a Definitely the one place for financial reasons. But it's also motivating because I, I kind of, I had to make money, right? Yeah, that's the thing, actually. So nowadays, perhaps I, I would uh, not go to one, one of these places where everybody is congregating, perhaps because the people who are there are just starting out and it, it's quite easy mm. to kind of live this laid back lifestyle. And, you know, a few hundred euro will 
actually help you to live through the month. You don't need to earn a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> so being in yeah, a place yeah. like San Francisco or Australia, New Zealand, London even, that gives you lots of motivation simply because you need That's to, for sure. you need a lot of money to live there. You have to. Yeah. Awesome. So you mentioned the term lifestyle design. Yes. Uh, I'd like you to share with our audience what lifestyle design means for you mm-hmm. and how you how that sort of permeates your daily way of thinking. Sure. So for me lifestyle design and and there are many definitions, right? But for me it's really simple and it's really about just sitting down and defining exactly what you want out of life. Mm-hmm. So light making, making a life plan. So you won't get there in a year, in five years, even in 10 years, but really making a plan about how you want your life to look like. And what I discovered, like, and I'm still discovering, is that basically everything can be translated into how much money you need for achieving those things, right? Even if you're if your dream is to, for example, the, the example that Tim Ferriss was using to just go in Japan, live in Japan and learn Japanese, that's the only goal you have. Well, this also have a cost, right? So you cannot just go there and do whatever you want. You Everything can be put into uh, financial terms, right? And you can exactly know how much you will need to achieve those goals. So it's really just about making a decision about your life. Uh, I love that you mentioned planning, actually, because many people sort of fantasize about living these lifestyles and perhaps start on the course of lifestyle design, but never make an actual plan. So I'm curious as to how, in actual fact, you you made a plan. Was it a case of writing down? Did you use any mind maps or what format did you use? Um, Yeah. So first I just use... You know, you can use pen and paper, right, mm-hmm. to actually yeah. define what you want. So in terms of, uh, I want to live there, I want to do that, I want to live in a big house, right? Then you just, after writing it, so I, I just use Evernote for that. So but you, you can use any, basically any app where you can write mm-hmm. and just write in what you want, having a good look at it. And then what I did is really planning out um, what will be like the money needed to achieve all of those and then i actually made an excel sheet where i list exactly how much i need to make every year to get to that goal um at the date i want right Mm -hmm. Uh, this is of course up to you like when do you want to achieve all this for me i set myself to achieve uh, like most of the goals at age of uh, 35 Mm -hmm. so in about four years for now Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that depends on, of course, what's your current life situation, right? Yeah. But it's all about, you can really plan exactly how much you need to make from your business and your investments, because we'll go into investments um, uh, after. But it, you can plan exactly how much you need to make uh, year after year to get to your goals. Hmm. So do you have this plan visible somewhere next to your desk? Or how do you remind yourself every day of it? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I have it open in uh, in one tab of my Google Chrome and I look at it every morning, oh, you nice. know, just for motivation. Yeah. yeah. Nice. I actually made the, a plan myself when I was 26, so around uh, six years ago now. Okay. And uh, so it was, a, I think it was a five-year plan. And, you know, I put some really outrageous stuff there that I had no, in my current situation back then, I would not... I couldn't really foresee that these things would happen, you know, and mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's amazing with the power of 
planning and putting your ideas on paper doesn't. I think one of the important things is to actually, I, I stuck it, it was on a paper, so I stuck it on one of these cork boards that I had near my my laptop and I whenever I traveled I took it with me put it somewhere visible and eventually I met my my wife on during my travels and you know we discussed all these goals and we shared them together and we were both on the same page with what yeah. we wanted to achieve and it's amazing you know we achieved practically everything that was on the paper and more so so one of these exer- the exercises this year was to make another five-year plan for the coming five years so okay what I what I haven't included is the money aspect which which I think is also very important, and I'll make I'm making it out to actually follow your advice. Okay, okay. To put it there because okay. I think it's important. Do you find that you actually earn more than what you had planned, or how how, how do you think it works? Um. So so one of my advice is always to put uh, in this plan. So in the year by year uh, goals, right, and also in the overall plan, is always to be like kind of not realistic, right. So put very big numbers, very big goals here. And then because of that, yeah, I'm lacking, I'm always behind my goals, right? But it's good because it motivates me to to just go further. Mm -hmm. So always put more or much more than what you think you could do, right? And just, uh, and you will be amazed by what you can actually achieve. Awesome. So moving on from the planning stage, one of the things that attracted me, you have a blog and uh, also a podcast. And one of the things that got me into reading your material is that you believe a lot in reinvesting so as mm-hmm. we as we discussed your main um, products are the videos and the books that you make but you don't stop there you don't stop and just gathering the profits from these products you think about diversifying and about reinvesting those profits and so I think in the WordPress space I see many people making good money from their plugins from their themes from their agency from their freelancing mm-hmm. whatever they're doing it's quite easy to make money within WordPress if you're doing the right thing however I don't see many people People discussing or actually reinvesting that money, being being it in the same space, but most importantly, perhaps in uh, other spaces. So I want you to talk about how you do that, and you even share on your website, and we'll be sure to link this up. You have the portfolio yes. of your positions in your global investment portfolio, and you actually say how much you earn every month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, about that, uh, it it all started back with my story, right? Of like in 2014, I just uh, finished my all my travels around the world, mm-hmm. so to say. I I met my girlfriend just uh, the year before, so I decided to settle uh, like in Poland for a while. I'm still I'm still there now, and basically the business was doing good, mm-hmm. and so I, w- I was starting to have more money, you know, to just pay the the bills and. I actually had no idea what to do with it. So this money was starting to accumulate on the account because I was earning some decent money, but not spending a lot because Mm -hmm. uh, the lifestyle here is very cheap. Yeah. So I was starting to, you know, just just look around for advice about what to do with this money. I mean, one obvious solution is just to spend it, right? (laughs) Like many people do. Yeah, like many people do, yeah, yeah. So you can just like up your lifestyle, but that's one option. But I, I wanted more than that. So I just started to, to look around about, you know, what what uh, people were would advise me to do or what other entrepreneurs were doing, right? And I get some, yeah, some interesting um, answers. So the traditional, I would say the traditional pe- people that will advise you to invest money were either saying 
to me to just leave it at the bench, right? But we know how shitty the return are in <laughs> currently. Very I don't bad. know about it Malta, but here it's very bad. I think, yeah, it's it's around the world the same. There are countries with even negative interest rates, so yeah, exactly, exactly. Country trusts you money to leave the money yeah. at the bank, yeah, yeah. So I, I went to my to to my banker. Also, he told me that yes, some product that I should put all my money in. Also, with very low rates, a bit better than just a savings account, but also very bad. So I turned to other entrepreneurs and authors that you know because there is a ton of of uh, scenes about investment out there, mm-hmm. right? A lot of books. A lot of video courses. And basically, the advice... It's very easy to get lost, actually. Yeah, it's easy to get lost. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Basically, I was not satisfied with either of the advice because what people were recommending to do uh, is two things. The first one was to invest in what's called uh, low-cost index funds. So maybe I, I need to develop a bit. Uh, it's basically um, financial products that just track the market, right? So if, if the market goes up, you... you your overall value goes up. If it goes down, it, you, it goes down, right? And these are also known as ETFs, right? Yes, it's special kind of ETFs, yeah. yeah. So it's basically something where you are completely dependent on the market. Yeah. And if you need, for example, if you need this money when the market is low, you will lose money, right? Mm-hmm. So this was not great for me. It doesn't seem attractive. The other advice that I got is to invest, invest in real estate. And I actually was, before I was an entrepreneur, I was a real estate investor in the sense that I just had one uh, apartment unit Mm -hmm. in in Germany, actually. And basically, if you are like a small uh, landlord, right, if you have some properties, it's nearly like a full-time job. (laughs) (laughs) So it seems like you can manage that on the side, but quickly it becomes like another business to manage. And as a very busy online entrepreneur, I didn't have the time to manage more, more and more properties, right? So for me, there were no real good options from what I, I saw online. So I really started to to learn on my own. And we, I think we'll get later uh, on this podcast in about all the categories that I invest in. But really for me, it was there was just nothing out there about how to invest as a, a busy online entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And maybe we can go now into into the reasons, right? Right? To why to invest money? For sure, yeah, as yeah. an entrepreneur, yeah. I mean, yeah. And what what you mentioned is also uh, something that I've also gone through. You know, checking mm-hmm. what uh, you know, and I think it's something that I'm currently going through. You know, where to invest the extra money that that we're making. So, as you mentioned, the banks are offering bad rates. If there are any CDs, they're also low. You can go into investing, picking stocks. Now, the, the question with investing in the stock market for me is that there are so many different styles of investing and so many books that, you know, it's crazy. You can get lost in, the, in that stuff. And so what I've been reading is perhaps you can, perhaps the goals are very important when picking an investment strategy. Yeah. And so if you're investing long term as like Warren Buffett usually says, the, the things like index funds usually 
make better performance than mutual funds or managed funds, you know. So that's a good good idea if you're investing long term. But it seems that yeah. your strategy is different because perhaps you're investing on a shorter term. I'm not mm-hmm. sure we'll get into that. But so I think uh, you also talk about the your style of of reinvesting the money, which you call the online empire model. Yes. And I think this all that we've been speaking about and more is all, all encased in this online empire model. So perhaps you can start by defining what that is and then you can go mm-hmm. into all the investments in your portfolio and why you choose them. Sure. So the idea behind uh, the online empire model is basically I, I, was, I was researching those uh, ideas about how to invest. I told myself, well, all or most of the online entrepreneurs out there that I see, you know, friends, uh, people I interacted with online, they're basically, yeah, either spending the money or just leaving it at the bank, but mo- mostly spending the money, mm-hmm. right? And I, I told myself, it's it's all nice. We build these online uh, businesses, right? That generates uh, passive income for at least some of us. But what if the business would just go away? So for example, in, I will take uh, the case of, of your audience, probably yeah. uh, WordPress. What if it's it's like most unlikely, right? But what if WordPress just disappear tomorrow, mm-hmm. or maybe something better comes, right? For sure, some yeah. better blogging platform. We've already seen some competitors, actually, so it's quite yeah. a possible scenario. Yeah, in my case, right? I I publish a lot of books and courses about uh, a given platform in uh, the aircraft space. For example, uh, the Raspberry Pi. That's something yeah. that some people know. What if this just uh, you know went bankrupt tomorrow, mm-hmm. then I won't be selling any more products in this space, right? And therefore, I started to think about uh, what to do to really secure my lifestyle, even if my business or part of my business was going away, right? And that's why I came with what I call the online empire model. And compared to the normal like online entrepreneurship model where people just make money for the business and then use that to pay the bills, I first made money from a business, just as everybody else, but then reinvest most of those profits into uh, more secure investments. And then those investments are paying my bills. Right. So even if my business goes away tomorrow, I would still be fine. And I would have time to actually, you know, get back on my foot right, and, and build another business again. And so perhaps we can say that the empire word stands for diversification, right? Yes, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Awesome. So um, take us into what you're currently diversifying into then. Sure, sure. So at the moment, uh, probably you will link this on uh, on the show notes. Exactly. I've got it open as well in front of me. And I suggest people, if you're driving, don't look at it, obviously, but... <laughs> When you get home, just open yeah, yeah, this sure. page where Marco has detailed. I, I'm seeing the type of investment and in another column, the value of that investment, the yield in another column, and the final column has the monthly income. Yeah. So basically, I invest in uh, in many different asset classes. And I will actually open this as well, mm-hmm. so I don't forget any of them, <laughs> as there are many. So the, the first one where actually most of my money is, uh, we already touched on that a bit. Mm-hmm. It's called dividend growth uh, stocks. Yep. So I think we, sh- we should explain a bit here. Yeah, sure. So some of the stocks on the market, uh, actually most of the stocks, pay what's called a dividend. Mm-hmm. So this is just a share of uh, the profits of the, of the company that the company gives back to investors every quarter, 
some every year, some every month, right? So that's most of the companies that does that. Uh, but some of the companies, like a little portion of those companies, are well known and have a very good track record of growing those dividends over years. So they will not only pay, right? They pay a dividend year after year, but they will actually grow those dividends year after year. And that's an amazing way to invest money because imagine that you are investing in something where not only you have money coming in, mm-hmm. but without you doing anything, you will have a growing stream of income that will come in uh, month after month. Right. So let's take some examples. Like Apple is one of the most obviously well-known stocks that you can own. And I know that they do give it give a dividend. But is it a dividend? Yes. A yes. growth or is it something else? It is. It is. Actually, Apple is a, a good example. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what you were saying is that the dividend itself is growing or the stock value of, of the company? Actually, both. Both. Of course. Okay. Because uh, naturally, uh, as the, the company is getting value by by distributing more and more dividends, the investors are lighting that, right. right? And therefore, usually it's also, those companies are also the one that will uh, grow in value in the long term. Mm-hmm. Because you need a lot of discipline to pay a growing dividend. You need a lot of financial discipline from the company to actually do that. So these are the companies that will be the most stable over time. Right. And this has been proven by, by, many, uh, by many models. Yeah. And so are there any common traits between these companies that are classified in this way? Uh, the, yeah, the common trait is that they basically grow the dividend, right? Um, right, but I'm saying like maybe yep. typically they're not young companies, perhaps they're older companies. Yeah. They are basically all older companies, yeah, that's for sure. That have a good moat around them. That's It's not easy for a new company to come in and steal their market, stuff like that, right? It's definitely mostly like, yeah, as you said, all companies and also big companies, mm-hmm. right? Because to, to have this kind of discipline and you definitely need to be, to be big, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. So other examples are IBM, uh, Johnson & Johnson, it's also another big one. McDonald's, for example, also, mm-hmm. also one. Um, General Electric's, so really big companies like this, yeah. One of the podcasts I follow actually talks about picking stocks, right? And some people say that you shouldn't pick stocks, you should go with an index fund. And perhaps one of the things that attracts me most about stock picking um, is the fact that you can choose which companies to stand behind, right? So I personally am very into healthy food and good lifestyles, you know? Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't like to buy stocks of, say, McDonald's because I think that they're not doing a good good service to to humanity in general. And I don't want to actually support them. And I wouldn't feel proud to support them when I have kids and they get to know what portfolio I have. So is that something that's important in this uh, style? Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely, I'm, I'm also picking on, on that for sure, yeah. I also don't own McDonald's for the, for the same reasons. <laughs> also, do you stick to some particular niche and say tech stocks or... Yeah, you know, Warren Buffett say that he, he only invests in what he knows, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also what I do. So I, I allow myself to invest a lot in the technology space uh-huh. like IBM, you know, general trades. Um, Microsoft, Apple, which are all dividend growth stocks. I allow myself to invest a lot in this field because that's where I'm coming from, right? right. And I, I can completely understand what they are doing, what products they are working on, um, how they are operating. So yeah, definitely, that's a good, very good advice to off, also pitch 
um, companies where you actually understand what they are doing. Yeah. And so to be a bit also practical again, let me mention another stock, Amazon. Do, would this be something that you invest in or would this be because it's not currently giving a dividend? For now, I only invest yeah, in dividend paying stocks because when they are not paying a dividend, I don't, I don't know what they will become, right? Mm-hmm. Another one, uh, another good example is Google, for example. Uh-huh. Um, I think it's an amazing company, but because they don't have this kind of discipline, you actually don't know what's, what they are doing with all this cash. And for now, at least, I'm, I'm not investing in that. Right. This would be more like a, a short-term play, right? Where you hope that it will go up on the short-term and then sell it. But that's, that's not something I'm doing. For, for this portfolio, really, in my, in my model, it's really take the risk with your business and then have safe investments. Right? right. And what I what I like about Warren Buffett is that he actually knows the 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 businesses that he's investing in and treats them as a real business. Many people think of stocks as something where you almost gamble, you know, you buy that stock and hope that it grows, right? But Warren Buffett thinks of it as actually owning another company. And with obviously all his strength he can actually own these companies. But even for us smaller investors, I think it's a good mindset to have. So let's move should should we move on to something else or is there anything else you'd like to mention with regards sure. to stocks sure no no that's sure we can move to uh, to other position and so so for for you stocks are the biggest uh, asset in in, uh, in your portfolio right yes because it's basically coming from uh, like a mathematical uh, reason mm-hmm. i like to have uh, every position in my portfolio producing the same amount of income oh nice so but they don't all have the same returns. For example, like dividend paying stocks, they usually have return of about 4% per year, mm-hmm. okay? So of course, it's quite low compared to the rest of my portfolio, and therefore, they also represent like a big part of the portfolio. And this is really for to be diversified because I want that if I have a problem in one part of the portfolio, then the other part will pick up, you know, at, at the same amount. So it's really because of uh, just just mathematical reasons. And perhaps for our listeners who might be wondering why you would keep investing in stocks when other investments have higher yield, the key factor would be risk, right? These are yeah. the lowest, always the yeah. least risky part of your portfolio. And that's why you invest more in them. Exactly. You can al- always um, find a direct link between the returns and the risk. Mm-hmm. And we'll get there when we go to the higher returns returns of my portfolio but definitely yeah uh, the higher the yield the higher the risk that's for sure yeah all right so next we have peer-to-peer lending yes um so peer-to-peer lending maybe i can first give like a definition right so it's basically consists in lending money directly to other people so right when when you are somebody that wants uh, like a loan uh maybe for personal reasons usually you would go to a bank right but there are some alternatives now, and one is peer-to-peer lending. So there are people that go to those uh, financing companies, and they ask for a loan from, from them, so without a bank. And basically, as an investor, you are placing yourself on the other end of this, and you are um, lending money to those people directly. Mm-hmm. So via those big platforms, uh, some names in, in Europe are like Bandora, Mintos, um, Saving Stream in the UK, and many more. There, there are a lot of in Europe at the moment. Uh-huh. And with this, you can 
The idea is basically to diversify by not lending like 1,000 euros to one person, but really lending like 10 euros to a uh, hundred persons. So even if one doesn't pay you back, it's not a problem because you still have all the others. And w if we compare that to what we just talked about before, uh, the yields or the returns on those investments is usually around 12% per year. Okay. So you can see it's already much higher, right? Of course, the risk is also much higher because in case you know of financial problems, like in a, in a given country, this will be the first thing that will be hit because people will just stop paying their loans. Yeah. Right. So that's a very clear example of uh, higher uh, risk, right, for higher returns. And so how, could you walk us through the process of how you as an investor sign up to, to any of these websites and then invest money and get your return? Oh, sure, sure. It's actually very simple. That's, I think the, the easiest of all the investments that I have in my portfolio. Mm -hmm. uh, you just need to go to a platform, let's say Bondora, right? Uh -huh. uh, you sign up. They will ask some basic information about you, and then you can already like wire some some money via bank transfer. Mm -hmm. And usually those platforms have they have what it's called like a portfolio manager. Okay. So like a software that will invest for you. Uh -huh. And I basically recommend in um, in all my material about investing, I recommend to use those automated. Um, uh, portfolio managers. Mm -hmm. If you are not, you know, um, experienced in this field, just use that. It will just work fine and it will give you this uh, 12, 14% return. So really, it, it's really the, the perfect investment because you, you don't have to do anything. And then just money just come back on your account every every month. Yeah. Right. Okay. So you get money into the, the, your account on the website and then you transfer back to yes. your bank account? All right. If you want or you just reinvest. Yeah. Okay. So the, the reinvestment part is, can be automatic as well, right? Also, yeah. Yeah. So how long have you been doing this peer-to-peer -peer lending thing? Um, so I think my first investment was maybe two years ago mm -hmm. on, on the Bondora platform, actually, that I just uh -huh. uh, talked about. And since then, I diversified in many platforms across, across Europe, uh, mainly. Um, but yeah, about, about two years, yeah. Yeah. And would you recommend and it's now the second position? Yeah. Would you recommend any website and part any platform in particular for people who are starting out? For people who are in Europe, right? Yeah. Um, I actually don't know where your audience is located. If it's Europe, well, we have we have people all around the world. So all around the world. So so basically in Europe, I would say uh, Bondora mm -hmm. um, and Mintos. It's yeah. another platform called Mintos. If you are in the UK, it can be interesting to invest more like in UK-based uh, sites like SavingStream. Mm -hmm. If you are in the US, you have like the big names like uh, Lend Lending Club and also Prosper. Right. But it depends where you are. So as Europeans, we cannot invest on the US platforms, for example. So it depends where you are. But they, they are platforms basically all, all around the world. Awesome. So... That's something that personally I would like to go to go into further, mm -hmm. and I've already taken a look at them, followed by your by your lead by reading through your website. Yep, and uh, I'm, I'll probably go with something like Bondora and see how it goes. Had you ha did you have any negative experiences, maybe some incident or something like that? Um, well, of course you have uh, people that don't pay back, right? But you actually don't see it. 
because it's like you can see if you check the details of your accounts, right? You will see that uh, this this person will not uh, didn't pay you back you know, on time or not at all. But the portfolio managers are so clever that overall you still make the return that you would expect, so you don't actually see any problems. Right. So no, but you know to avoid problems, always uh, read a lot of recommendations about the platform. That's the most important. You don't want the platform to go away. That's, uh, that's the main mm-hmm. the main part, yeah. yeah. And is there any amount that we just recommended to start off with? You know, you can st- you can start off the minimum investment on all the sites is really like ten euros or ten dollars. Oh well, that's low. sorry if you if you just start with that, you can be okay. It's recommended to start off, you know, with at least I would say a thousand euros. Mm-hmm just for div- diversification of those platforms. So I would say at least that, yeah. Just to be sure to have enough uh, diversification on the platform to avoid uh, being affected by some people not paying you back, yeah. Okay, sounds great. And so can maybe pass on to the next one? Take your pick. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I think it's a good time actually to talk about Bitcoin because because Bitcoin is very close to peer-to-peer lending, right? Yeah. So actually that's what I dis- I started into this maybe uh, maybe a year ago. Mm-hmm. I started to find out about about Bitcoin, right? Um, and also that there were platforms where you can do this peer-to-peer lending, but with Bitcoin. Yeah. And whereas the platform we just talked about um, were mainly you know re- restricted to Europe, restricted to uh, the US, Bitcoin platforms just because of Bitcoin, you can invest and borrow from anywhere in the world. So this did it a very uh, interesting dimension because suddenly people can just interact with each other from all around the world right mm-hmm. so this was really interesting and i i started to invest you know using platforms i can give some of them like uh btc jam and bit London club that those are the, the two big names right out there mm-hmm. and i started to to invest in um so buying bitcoin right but not just to buy bitcoin and then hope that the price will go up, right? Which we know is not always the case. Yeah. And and just invest using Bitcoin on, the, on those sites. Using the same principle that we just talked about. So really diversify, invest in many loans and just make returns on with that as well. So I would say, you know, on my website, I, I still put Bitcoin separately, but I, sh- I could really actually integrate it in, in this peer-to-peer lending because it's just like another currency. I invest in peer-to-peer lending using euros and pounds at the moment mm-hmm. and Bitcoin, so to say. Right. And so the, the yield we're seeing here on the website is yep. directly from uh, the income you make on the loans, right? Not on the appreciation. Yes, def- definitely. Yeah. So Bitcoin, what's nice with Bitcoin is because you have less um, you know, regulations and you can basically loan to anybody around the world, mm-hmm. the yield are usually higher than with traditional peer-to-peer right. lending in euros or dollars but of course the risk is also much higher yeah nice very interesting all right so the next one would be uh i think we didn't talk about real estate maybe for sure that's also a peer-to-peer lend uh, peer-to-peer aspect in your case as well yeah definitely so as i said before i was before i was an entrepreneur i was a landlord mm-hmm. right and actually didn't have such a nice experience with it it was taking a lot of my time. And at the end, which was maybe one year ago, I had a terrible uh, tenant in my apartment that basically 
completely destroy their, the inside of their apartment. Mm-hmm. So I had to put a lot of money actually just to make it look nice again, mm-hmm. right? And because of that, because of this very bad experience and real estate taking way too much time, I just decided to sell this, this apartment, uh-huh. right? And reinvest in so, somewhere else. However, I still believe that real estate was an amazing investment, right? Because people need to live somewhere, right? Yeah. It's the most basic uh, investment, right? The demand is always going to be there. Exactly. And then I started to look around for what was available uh, to invest in. And I discovered something that's called real estate crowdfunding. And crowdfunding, like, like crowdfunding in Kickstarter or the big platforms, and basically the same principle. There are platforms out there that will collect money from several people, so many investors, to buy real estate. So imagine if you want to, to buy like a house, right? That costs uh, 100,000 uh, euros. Mm-hmm. The platform will then collect money from maybe 100 or 200 investors. And then the platform is creating a company with all those people. And then this company is buying a house. And the advantage of that is, well, first, it's all online, right? So you don't have to move somewhere and, and um, sign papers and then buy the house, right? It's all done by the platform. And also then it's all managed by the platform. So you don't have to do anything with, with the real estate you just purchased. And this allows you to, to diversify also. Because usually you can invest from 1,000 euro minimum. But now I saw a platform where you can actually invest from 10 euros also. So you can actually quickly have like, a, like 100 properties in your portfolio. Mm-hmm. Whereas you could never do that if you were buying, buying uh, all those properties yourself. Right? For sure. And so these properties would be in a particular location or worldwide? How does it work? So there are still, you know, it's something that's really starting in Europe, right? Mm-hmm. And for now, it's mostly located in the UK. That, that's, that's a problem. That's why I actually, I actually don't invest more in this uh, particular asset. Mm-hmm. Because I would like to diversify across Europe yeah. and evolve worldwide. But for now, because it's just starting out in Europe, it's just in the UK. If right. you are in the US, it's much easier because there are lots more opportunities in the US for that. They have like one, two years advance compared to Europe in this field. And so if you're in the US, you have more, more opportunities. It's always easy to make money work in the US. Always yeah. easier. <laughs> yeah. And to spend money as well. Yeah. All right. So what are some um, renowned platforms in Europe, especially? So I can maybe give two that I invest uh, most of my money on. Uh-huh. Uh, they are both in the UK. The first one is called the House Crowd, mm-hmm. and the second one is called Property Moose. So both .co.uk, right? And it's a platform that are very easy to use. Uh, that now have like a hundred deals already made on the platforms, so you can be sure that they, they know what they are doing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, very easy to invest. So you can just create an account and. In less than one day, you can become a landlord, right, basically. I also have property partner on uh, my bookmarks. Yes, property partner, yeah. I must have read it on your blog as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely also a good one, yeah. And so my question is, why do you choose two websites to invest in? Is it because you want to diversify again in in platforms? Oh, yeah, sure, sure. Um, At the start, the reason was that there were not enough deals, you know, on a given platform. Okay. Because also 
there is so much that that the platform can do, right? They also have a limited number of employees that are looking for deals. Mm -hmm. And if you're on the way to diversify a lot, then you need definitely many platforms. Yeah. All right. And so you're not afraid of risk in terms of going with a platform that is quite new? Um, well, at the start, they, they were quite new. Yeah. So I definitely took the risk there. But that's something you can avoid now because they are like uh, quite experienced already. Mm -hmm. And many investors invested on them. Yeah. And, you know, also the scene, as we said before, it's real estate, right? So even... If the platforms do the way, you are still the owner of uh, of the house or the apartment that you purchased. Uh. Well, a question I had actually, because I was looking at these platforms. So what happens, like if you buy a traditional, say, apartment in the traditional way, you can always capitalize on the appreciation of the apartment and sell it off, say, in five years. So how does it work in these platforms? Can you sell your investment? Yeah, sure. So that's also planned, actually. Um, from the start, they they usually say that um, the goal is to hold the apartment for five years, for example. Uh -huh. And after five years, there there is like an online vote from the investors, mm -hmm. and you vote, of course, according to the number of shares that you own, like in company, right? Uh -huh. And then if most of the investors decide to sell, mm -hmm. then the comp the the platform will look for a buyer, and the buyer and the, the profit will be distributed uh, among the investors. Nice, nice. And so these properties, would they be typically new projects or a case of remodeling and putting it back on the market? It depends what you want, uh, as in the normal real estate market. So okay. if you want more like cash flow, mm -hmm. which is what I'm looking for in my investment portfolio, you are more looking at older properties. Okay. That have been uh, made new, right? However, if you look for uh, capital growth, you are more looking at uh, new properties that have just been built. And on platforms, that's a general, you know, scene in the real estate uh, world, I would say, mm -hmm. because usually the um, the new properties that were just built, you cannot. They are quite expensive. Mm -hmm. And you cannot rent them for so much. Right. So usually they will produce like a low cash flow compared to older properties where you can just make some work in them. Of course, the platform will make the work. And then you can have a very nice cash flow. Yeah. Right. And I think it's also perhaps that the building would be well known. And, you know, the neighboring buildings already have the established rates and whereas a new property would be new on the market people are more apprehensive into actually renting there and that sort of thing right yeah definitely all right so i think maybe we can move to the last uh parts of my portfolio yeah which yeah. is websites which should be yeah. something very very interesting for our audience for sure yep so this is something um that's that, that is the last thing that I added to my portfolio mm -hmm. because as we will see, you need a bit more money to do that, right? Yeah. So it's websites and what I call profitable websites. So as we all know, and probably your audience knows, we can build websites that generate money in some way, right? Mm -hmm. So it can be via sales of a product, right? A digital product, a physical product. It can be a service like WordPress design, right? Mm -hmm. It can be uh, a web applications, it can be a WordPress plugin, so you can sell a lot of stuff. Uh, it can also be simply 
and that's that's most of the websites uh, I'm interested in. It can be simply what I told Amazon affiliate websites. Mm-hmm. So it's basically websites where people will just find some information, and if they click on product links that you will find on the site, then they will be directed to Amazon, and you will get a percentage of this sale, right? Right. So basic affiliate sales. And so just to give an example, one of your websites is a, a website about snorkeling equipment yes. and vacations, and something that's yes. very interesting because yes. I love snorkeling. So I, I, let's say I want to buy a new mask. I just uh, actually search in Google about, say, a mask that has the prescription lens. I land on your site, read through the recommendations, click through, mm-hmm. go on Amazon and purchase. And the, the nice thing is that I could also purchase, say, the mask and uh, the actual uh, snorkel. And so that would also be credited to you. Yes, exactly. And also the nice thing is then if you decide to buy while you're on Amazon, if you decide to buy something completely different, like yeah. a TV, right? I also get a percentage of, that, of, of this, right? And I believe that cookie stays for a day. Is it a day? Yes, a day, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Nice. Yeah, so that's a very interesting model. And I was actually building those sites myself at the start. Mm-hmm. Like for my home automation site, I was already recommending some products. Yeah. But then as I had some money, I discovered that you can actually not only build those sites yourself, but there are platforms where you can actually buy those sites. So where people will sell the sites that they built. And at the start of, um, of the year, I actually bought my first site, which as you said, was a snorkeling site, mm-hmm. uh, which is a pure Amazon affiliate site. And then this was the first uh, website of my portfolio. Right. And I don't know if you want to hear about the process, maybe. Sure, for sure. By yeah. site, yeah. So basically, there are platforms out there. Uh, I can give you some names. Uh, one where I bought my site is called Empire Flippers. Uh-huh. Uh, really a platform that I, I trust. I, I know the owners. They're just great. They also have a podcast, by the way. And another site to buy website is called Flipper mm-hmm. at flipper.com. And on those platforms, you can basically have listings of uh, websites and then you can compare the websites. You can uh, see how much profit they are making and then you can invest on them. And this, of course, is the type of investment that has the most returns mm-hmm. on my uh, portfolio. So compared to others, you know, we talked about dividend from Apple having a return of 4% per year. Websites usually have returns around 50% per year. Right. So it's and much, much higher than, than everything else. That's because they typically sell for twice their yearly net profit, I believe, or revenue. That's right, yeah. Is it net profit uh, yeah. or revenue? Uh, profit, profit. Profit, yeah. okay. Profit, yeah. So you can imagine this is a huge return, you know, if you can yes. sustain it and even grow it. Of course, yeah. Of course, and the goal is to even grow it, yeah, of course. Um, that being said... Of course, the risk on those uh, type of investment is huge. Mm-hmm. As we said before, what if Amazon just, I mean, of course, it's very unlikely, but what if Amazon not disappear, but just, for example, cut affiliates uh, in Europe, right? Mm-hmm. This could happen. We can imagine this could happen. Then the value of the site goes to zero, right? Yeah. Like basically overnight. And therefore, that's why there is so much risk in those investments. Because you are basically buying um, a little online business, so so to say. And we know that businesses are risky. 
and some bad things can happen to them. So this is very a very risky position, I would say, in my portfolio compared to the rest, mm-hmm. but also which has a higher returns. Yeah, and it can also be the case of Google stopping delivering the traffic, you know? For example, yeah, definitely. So you're, you're, you're risking both ways, the entrance and the exit. Exactly, exactly. A Google update, yeah, for sure, yeah. And so the, the number that I'm seeing here is almost 40,000. Is it just tied to that one website or did you spread onto several websites as well? No, there are now two. Yeah, there are two, two in the portfolio. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And the goal is to add much more uh, in the future. I actually recently raised money from an investor mm-hmm. uh, to, to inject you know, his money into uh, websites, and which I will just manage m- myself. Nice. And so that's very interesting because I actually met some people as well who are telling me like, you're great at building websites and WordPress and stuff. We have the money and we can't find anywhere to invest it. So I want to give you the money, take a return and, you know, manage everything. So yes. how was the process yes. for you? The process to find an investor or? Well, actually, to, to what's the thinking behind, you know, how to set, say, the rate of return for you versus the investor? how to estimate the amount of work that goes into it. Oh, for now, we just, we just came from, for a very simple model that would mm-hmm. be just 50-50 uh, share of the, the profit. So we want to invest only in websites that have a very low maintenance, right? Okay. Because I didn't want to create myself another yeah, job, right? There's a limit as well. Of course, if you are thinking about buying, you know, software or e-commerce site, you, it's a completely different situation. But if you are thinking about very low maintenance mm-hmm. uh, sites, my job is basically just to select the site, right? And then to grow them at the start. Mm-hmm. So really found out rapidly what can be uh, achieved with this site and then just implement that and then just let the site uh, grow itself, so to say. Right. Yeah. Okay. And are you sticking to this Amazon affiliate thing or spreading out on different... For now, it's mainly Amazon affiliate, yeah. Um, and actually, yeah, on the sites, I, I came with a real process on how to really select the sites uh-huh. and then how to grow them. And actually put everything into a video course that I'm currently teaching uh-huh. that will really show you the whole process from, you know, selecting the site, uh, like how to select a good site, how to avoid fishy uh, deals, because yeah. they are a lot, like a lot. <laughs> and then how to grow the site, and then maybe at the end, how to either expand, diversify, or to just sell uh, the website for more profit. Awesome. And I, I, I think I, we should also mention that these platforms differ in terms of the due diligence that is done. on. To, yes, yes. Like, say, Flippa is very minimal if, if anything very minimal you know? yeah mm-hmm. so then there are sites like empire flippers there's fe international which is another one there's yep. quite light brokerage so these tend to be like fe international provide a pdf with an interview of the seller with his motivations and other details they have a clear summary of the performance of the the website over a number of years the net profit how much effort is being put into and all these factors that you know you can just read through in three four pages and get a very good idea of the business yeah definitely uh, I, I personally nearly only invest on empire flippers mm-hmm. and definitely with the money that i raised from the investor yeah i want to keep it safe 
because I don't want to lose his money, right? <laughs> so I, I, I'm really limiting myself to uh, platforms where already a lot of work has been done before even yeah. listing the site. Yeah, that's for sure. Right. So you look for sites similar to the dividend, dividend paying stock strategy, right? You look yes, for yes, sites yes. that have been established for a long time, have a regular income and they're promoting something stable as well. So you don't want a website promoting the latest fashion, you know, because that's... For example, yeah, yeah. Or something that will just, that might just go away yeah, yeah. in some in some months here, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Nice. All right, that was very interesting. So one question I have actually is, so we're talking about investing the money, but how do you, what ratio do you keep of money invested versus money in more liquid uh, states as like in the bank or a CD? So that's part of the of the plan, of course, mm -hmm. uh, that you have to define in your lifestyle design planning, right? And of course, this this will depend a lot ab on where you live and how much tax you have you have to pay. So my answer will be completely different from somebody living, for example, like me in Poland or somebody in the UK or sp Spain, for example, where taxes are very high, right? But my model is quite it's very simple. It's for every uh, let's say euro of profit of profit that I made from my business, mm -hmm. right? I keep aside uh, 50 cents, so half of that, to reinvest. Okay. So that's a very high rate compared to to uh, to most of the financial advice that you will find out there, right? Let's say, yeah, maybe 10% uh, to, to invest right, every month. And then I keep uh, 20%, so 20 cents for taxes, right? Mm -hmm. Because I have a chance of living in a country where taxes are at a flat rate and quite low, yeah, that's at great. about 20%. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> Maybe I'll follow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then uh, this 30 cents that are remaining, that's for my expense. Right. So that's like, um, I really don't care about how I spend those 30 cents that are left, right? This is for really everything, like living expense, but also, you know, uh, crazy expense from time to time, like a new iPhone or something like this, yeah. Mm -hmm. So really, I just follow this model. Um, you know, I just track months after months if it works out or not. So if it works out, it means that there is maybe some money accumulated on my account in cash, right? Mm -hmm. Because I don't, I don't spend um, enough to, to keep the model stable. And if my money is going down, it means I'm, I'm just spending too much. Yeah. Because I always reinvest, right? I always take the money aside before anything else to reinvest. And well, taxes have to be paid, right? So, and the rest is for expenses. And so apart from that model, which is basically how you should be spending the money that's coming in every month, do you keep, say, I, I've read a lot of advice saying that you should keep like six months of yes. living expenses or one year of living expenses. What's your take on that? Yeah, it's... I definitely follow that. I I personally only keep like three months of expenses mm -hmm. um, in in cash, uh -huh. but also because I I know that in case my my business goes bad, right? Uh -huh. I have those investment cash flow right, coming right. to just cover the expenses, so I don't actually and I don't you know it's also specific to me maybe, but maybe also to many digital nomads. I don't own like a house. Mm -hmm. Right, I'm, I'm renting. I, I don't yeah. want to own anything. <laughs> I don't have a car. Uh, I take Uber, right? Um, so 
there is, it's very unlikely that there will be some unexpected expense that will just need me to get a lot of money like tomorrow, right? But of course, I know that there are very many situations out there and for other people, the, the answer can be totally different, of course. I'm curious. So I'm following the same principles in terms of not having a car and a house. Yeah. Um, I was recently listening to the Tropical MBA and uh, as you might know, Ian uh, yeah. yes. just bought a house in Austin. And so it was very interesting to read about the rationale for him buying a house there. And I think I would probably share his uh, his idea. Basically, the idea is that you should buy a house only or an apartment only if you want to invest in actually the place and you've chosen the place and you want to stay there yes. for yes. a certain number of years. Mm. And yeah. so in our case where we're moving around and not fully committed to that country in particular, it yeah. doesn't make sense, yeah. I think. Especially yeah. if we have the opportunity to invest in uh, wonderful platforms like these nowadays. Exactly, exactly, yeah. I think that's, that's the only case where uh, investing in your... Um, a house from the Apple made sense, definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you want to stay somewhere. Awesome. So I think we can wrap up this part about the portfolio. I, I had another question based again on one of your excellent um, blog posts. So you were talking about setting up in Hong Kong, setting up uh, a company in Hong Kong. And within WordPress, I've seen many people discussing whether to set up in Hong Kong and where to set up their company in US, Europe, Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. and I've actually seen many people set up in Hong Kong my take was always that it's not as simple as it sounds to it sounds in face value so what was your experience with that yeah yeah actually I have a lot of experience about that I made a lot of research and I made a lot of mistakes as well and yeah actually this article that you mentioned is one of the most popular on my blog at the moment because so many people so many people are sentient for that and there is everything and it's contrary on the web so i really want it's really something I, I i care about actually because i still see people making mistakes every day so yeah basically the story is that first i went you know i saw that i would be living like the complete you know digital nomad lifestyle moving to another country maybe three months every six months right and therefore it completely made sense for me to have a company in Hong Kong because as as you might know um, yeah the taxes in Hong Kong for everything that's not from Hong Kong is at zero percent mm -hmm. and that's quite a nice tax rate to be honest mm -hmm. and therefore it completely made sense for me to do that so I actually once uh, made made my research found a company that will take care of everything for me and I just had to go there for like a day just to open a company bank account, right? Yeah. That's the usual process. And actually, I have to say it was it was all very easy. Um, like to open a company, it's very fast. Then you have to wait for about two weeks be before getting this um, meeting at the bank. You do the meeting and then you basically have your company and you can basically get it running. Mm -hmm. So that's not the hard part at all. That's, that's actually very easy. The hard part is uh, like all concerning the law, right? So if you are like really a digital nomad living somewhere else every three months, even every six months, you will be just fine. And Hondron is a very solid um, way to open a company uh, like offshore, right? The more difficult uh, part comes if you are actually a resident somewhere, for example, Europe or 
um, or the US for example. And that's what I found out. Um, so for me, you know, as I said, I wanted to become uh, a digital nomad, but as we all know, life um, is always very surprising and life changed, right? And I decided to, to actually settle uh, in Europe for a while. And then I read about, you know, what I could do with this Hong Kong company. Because you have the right to have a Hong Kong company, that's not the problem. And what I read online, and many people, or maybe 90% of the people that write about this are wrong, they say that you can just basically have your offshore company and just pay yourself a dividend from this company. And, you, and pay taxes, of course, in your country on this dividend, and it should be fine. And I want to say that now, that it's completely wrong, and it will get you in a lot of trouble if you do that. Because there are what's called CFC rules, right? In many, I see maybe all European countries now, I'm mm. not sure of the detail, but most of the countries. And let's say that if you are actually managing the, the Hong Kong company, especially if you are just, if it's just you, right? which is the case of many digital nomads. Yeah. If you are managing this company, and so managing the company is actually working in the company, right? You have to declare this company just as any other company in your country. So if you are in France, for example, you have to declare this Hong Kong company and it will be uh, taxed just as a French company. So in my case, it was actually very bad because I was living in Poland, right? And actually Poland just put uh, CFC World. Mm -hmm. But at the time I was still a, a French resident, right? For convenience uh, purpose. Yeah. And I would have to declare my Hanton company in France. So only that would have raised some uh, red flags, right? From the tax administration, I imagine, for sure. And I would have to submit my all the accounting again in France. So I would have to pay twice for accounting. Yeah. Because probably the uh, law in Hong Kong is not the same as in France regarding accounting, right? And definitely not the language. So it would have cost me much more than actually opening a normal French company. So my message here is you really need to think about it, right? Mm -hmm. If you are a nomad, no problem, go for it. But if you are a resident of somewhere, and it's somewhere is for Europe or the US, uh, it's usually best to open something in your own country. <laughs> right, and so you ended up moving the company back to Europe? So actually, currently, um, before this Hong company, uh, I was um, the equivalent of self-employed in yeah. France, right? So it's very easy to create there. Uh, and then, because I don't have I don't have business partners, I don't have employees, right? I just open established myself now as self-employed in Poland, which is oh, very easy to yeah. do, very low taxes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's nineteen percent in, in uh, flat uh, rate in Poland. So that's quite low compared to other uh, countries. Very low like social contributions. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was just way way better than you know having. To, to keep the Hong Kong company at all costs. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. Obviously, the main reason why people open companies in Hong Kong is because of taxes. Yes. Or, or there are countries where it's really hard to do business and open companies. Yes, that would be another reason, yeah. But yeah, I've also been involved in the digital nomad scene. And 
I can definitely echo what uh, what Marco has uh, described here. There's a lot of misinformation, unfortunately. Yes. And the governments in Europe and obviously the US has been doing it for a long time. And other countries around the world have been tightening up their their laws in terms of tax evasion and this kind of thing. So really need to think it through carefully. And uh, so if you're opening a company, the easiest way is to open in your own country. And I wouldn't advise anyone to play around with uh, opening offshore companies at this stage, at this point in time, unless, as Marco correctly said, you are a digital nomad. I think that's the conclusion right now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And also because, I mean, banks are sharing information about their clients um, all around the world now. I think it started in Europe as from this year or the past year. Um, so there's an automatic exchange of information. So if you're a, you have a bank account in France, but you're living in Poland, that French bank account will send the information to the Polish authorities as well. So you can't really be hiding money here and there. <laughs> that for sure. Yeah. So yeah, just use common sense. Exactly. In that way. <laughs> it's a very good conclusion. Yeah. So. Marco, it's been really interesting discussing all these different factors and yeah, it was. And I'm sure our audience has learned a lot from your online empire model. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, uh, I would really suggest people who are who found this episode interesting to dig into deeper in your website. There's a lot of good blog posts. And also you mentioned that you have some video courses. Maybe you can yeah. tell us something about that. Uh, sure. Basically, there are, there are two two products related to what we talked about uh-huh. uh, in this episode. The first one, um, it's a video course. It will uh, teach you uh, to invest in those profitable websites. So really how to find the websites, how to select them and how to grow them, right? And it's simply called investing in profitable websites. Mm-hmm. The second one is a product that I specifically made to solve this problem that I had uh, as a starting entrepreneur that didn't know where to invest. It's simply called Investing for Entrepreneurs. And it's a product that will, it's videos and the book that will show you um, how to invest in all the different asset classes that um, we talked about in this episode. And, you know, it's really practical, right? It's really like straight to the point because as online entrepreneurs, we don't have a lot of time uh, to invest, right? To even to think about it. So this product is really something I made to to kind of help other online entrepreneurs, nomads, freelancers also to get started with investing and to produce uh, additional streams of income uh, with the profits of their business. Awesome. So we'll we'll be sure to link those products up in our show notes. I do have one final question I forgot to ask you. So you have your own podcast, right? So many people in our audience have been asking me, like, how is it to have a podcast? How much time is involved? What are the returns of it? Mm -hmm. So I'd love if you could share the reasons why you started the podcast and the returns that you've been seeing for that. Mm -hmm. Well, the reason I I always wanted to have my own show, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) That was the main reason (laughs) because uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts myself. Uh, I learned a lot with that, so I really wanted to to share my message with other people. Uh, not really caring about if anybody will ever listen to it at the, at the start. Mm-hmm. In terms of returns, um, I cannot say that it directly bring, brought me some sales, for example, like in terms of money, at mm-hmm. least not yet. But definitely the exposure is amazing. 
right? Um, for example, I, I'm sure that maybe you, you found me, maybe not directly from the podcast, but from uh-huh. somebody that maybe referred on the, the podcast. Uh, many people w- came to me and talked to me directly about my podcast before even my website, right? Uh, so definitely t- in terms of exposure, it's amazing. And usually, you know, people who want to return, um, usually returns from after exposure, right? So yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I guess yeah. you've also been able to interview some people who you used to follow yourself. Yes. Yes, definitely. And you need a podcast for that, right? Yeah, Because, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Have you had experience at like going to events or, uh, you know, these, uh, like WordCamp in terms of WordPress, but also there are a lot of conferences around the world about different topics that you might be into. And, you know, going there and having your own podcast is also a very good thing to have on your resume, sort of. Yeah, no, not yet, but definitely something I want to, to dive into here. Yeah. yeah. So go to more events just to attend first and then maybe to speak at, at those events. That would definitely be very interesting, yeah. So I didn't do that a lot for, for now. Awesome, Marco. So again, thank you very much. Um, where can people find you online? Sure. So for everything that we talked about uh, in this episode, simply go to marcoschwarz.com. And that's where you, you will find the link to everything from there. So to my Twitter account, to my Facebook account. Also have a YouTube channel where I post uh, videos basically about the same content of, uh, of the podcast. And yeah, on this website, you will find links to, to basically everything. Awesome. Again, thank you very much, Marco. Welcome. Thanks for inviting me to this show. Thank you. Well, it was a long episode. However, it was super interesting for me to discuss all these money-making opportunities with Marco. And I hope, really hope that you have found this useful. And if you have any questions, by all means, please send them to podcast at mastermind.fm. You can always find me at Jean Galea on Twitter. And you can also find James at James Laws. Obviously, we always appreciate reviews on iTunes. So if you like this uh, show, please go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes. And we'll see you at the next episode next week.